0: It's so fun opening bottles with rappers because uh, it's something when you speak the same language as someone, you know, with, um, with any form of education, you have to meet people where they are. So if we relate on a certain level, I know exactly where I need to meet you to
1: bring you along. This is Taste. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Jermaine Stone has an extraordinary story on how a flute job at a wine warehouse led to his very unique place in the wine world. He's the host of Street Sam on Tastemade, a show that interviews some of the biggest names in hip-hop about all things wine. He's also the founder of Crew Love Selections, a New York-based wine branding and marketing agency dedicated to engaging hip-hop fans in, you guessed it, the world of wine. Man, it's so fun having Jermaine in the studio, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Jermaine Stone, welcome to This Is Taste. How are you? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me. It's real cool to have you in here, and I've watched your show on Taste Made, which is available on streaming channels and on demand. And I, I you know, Taste Made just like hits me sometimes. Oh yeah, <laughs> <Nah, laughs> Taste Made.
0: The team there is amazing. The channels amazing. All the talent's amazing. Yeah. Your boys on there now, so you know how we.
1: do. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, Dale Talde, my guy. That's my man. Yo, he's yeah. hilarious. Very funny he man. Hilarious. Very funny man. And if you haven't been to Goose Feather, his restaurant oh, up in Westchester, it's so but, yeah. good, so good. You know, I'm glad you reminded me about that. I got to hit Dale up. I need to pull him, up over there. Hit him up. All right, so Jermaine, I'd like to get into your story. Um, You worked at Zackey's, which is a famous Westchester wine retailer, an auction house. And that experience working there led to your life as a psalm, as a wine educator. But what's it like, like working at Zaki's and then getting introduced to wine? Mm. It was really fun. You know, uh when I got into Zackeys, I was really young.
0: I started when I was 20 years old. Uh, I'd never had like a quote-unquote real job oh, wow. <laughs> before that. And you're in this exploratory phase in your life. Everyone at Zacky's was really cool. It was a, a cultural exchange in a lot of ways, but I had plans on being a rapper. <laughs> before yeah. I got into the wine business, I've been rapping since I was 12, so I was already pretty deep in there. And when I began working in wine auction, I realized that all of the things <laughs> that a lot of the rappers were talking about I was experiencing and being around. Because so often in hip-hop, they talk about that high life. They talk about wine. You know, Biggie rapped about escargot. You My know? cargo. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, so... I was in restaurants with mandolins and violins and stuff yeah, so yeah. I'm like wow these are the stuff these rappers were talking about so hip hop is interestingly enough what got me interested in wine and made me feel like I was, I could be a part of that audience yeah. but it was a lot of fun and everyone with, at Zaki's was really really open and accepting
1: so you were uh, you know taking courses there How, tell me about what's the education like when you're working at Zacky's what's, what's it like getting into the world of wine and tasting so <laughs> much wine see you know what it's like man imagine uh, being thrown in the water with both feet <laughs> <laughs> totally and told
0: to swim. <laughs> no, but, you know, at, at uh, when I began, it was really just about um, figuring your way out. You know, uh, auction was uh, still something that was pretty new to the company at that time. And a lot of uh, my time there was spent um, helping to develop, like, logistics programs. I started as an operations guy. Yeah. So managing logistics, uh, shipping, importing, exporting. Um, Those were where I started out. But the way that I was really trained was um, sitting with the best winemakers, sitting with the most notable collectors and learning from them. And so I really had a very hands on education in that and constantly needing to apply it all throughout my career.
1: Oh, man. And, you know, your career is so cool. You you run festivals, you have the show, you write. I mean, your, edu- your knowledge is deep and <laughs> I just love it. I mean, I love it because you've got such a cool attitude. You're very, very, like very easy on the on the mic. You, you really you really are a great uh, great speaker of wine. So let's get okay. into some wine talk. Yes, sir. Um. Americans, I feel, are conditioned to buy the grape, Mm. which is like kind of a disservice. Like buy Malbach, buy something Blanc. And, you know, they vary vastly depending on where they're grown. So are we getting better at understanding how wine is actually made?
0: I feel so. I do feel that way. Um, And when you think about where American culture is right now, everyone wants to like— even when you think about food, people want to know where their food's from. You go to these restaurants and you hear stories about uh, this, uh, the, the ham is from mm-hmm. this farm and mm-hmm. this is the, it was grass fed. like Things like that are things that are culturally accepted and, and understandable right now. Wine, uh, as you know, is very much a uh, a product of its environment., yeah. so one of the things that I do with um uh, comparing wine and hip hop is using the similarities in how hip hop is a product of its environment and trying to translate that over to wine, where you know, I can listen to drill music from Chicago and drill music from London, mm-hmm. and I can hear it as a difference. Why? It's because of all the growing elements around the the conditions <laughs> that mm-hmm. this style came from. So the slang there is different. Uh, uh, linguistically, they're they're rap different there. There's a lot more metaphor driven uh, than a lot of the drill rap here in the States. So Those are different characteristics that I can talk about and say, hey, these are the characteristics of this style of Mm -hmm. drill from this place. However, you can get drill music in Chicago, New York, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, you know, and even that drill music in Brooklyn and the Bronx. It sounds different. Right. So just like uh, hip hop, wine is a product of its environment. And uh, that's something that I've tried to communicate. And I see that it has been a pretty receptive Um, it's been a pretty receptive message. I've noticed that areas like Oregon are blowing up a lot more, and Mm -hmm. people know why they wanna Mm -hmm. drink wine in Oregon. You know that you want uh, Chardonnay in Oregon. You know you want Pinot in Oregon. So I think that it's beginning to catch and wine culture here in America is developing in a in a cool way.
1: Well, yeah, we see it in in many different forms. We see it in obviously during the bubble uh, in the NBA uh, twenty twenty oh, yeah. season. Wine just <laughs> they popped off about all those wine ship the wine packages that were going in there. They were shipping some things into yes, the bubble, yes, and wine did. was one of them. <laughs> Such a fun time. I mean, but also just thinking about the way your show and many others talk about wine and, like, making it less boring, making it less snobby, but obviously having deep interest in wine. So I got to ask you, have you cracked a bottle with an MBA guy or a rapper of note? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. A few. Let me see who's one of my homeboys.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, Tony Parker. Yeah. You know, I, I've, act, I've drunk with Tony a few times, mm-hmm. man. He's mm-hmm. a, a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. Genuinely loves wine. Extremely knowledgeable about wine and um, someone that came into it from a point of interest. It was interesting speaking to him. You think about uh, someone like Greg Popovich, right, who's the NBA wine goat. You hear the legends Mm. of his cellar. Um, And it was just cool to even talk to Tony like, hey, how did your mutual love for wine affect your relationship off the court and how did it affect it on the court? And it's just really cool to get that insight of how – that was able to translate, but yeah, man, NBA and Channing
1: Fry too. That's my man. Shout out yeah, to Channing School. <laughs> so, what are you opening with Tony? And I'm Greg. I mean, Popovich is is legend to have a stellar and <laughs> and just even in San Antonio, that guy like runs has so many great wines coming in San Antonio.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Tony likes a uh, uh, Bordeaux. Yeah, you know, he also likes rose. He has a rose. Uh, you got champagne, so we drink champagne yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, we usually drink a lot of Bordeaux.
1: <laughs> but you know, it's it's interesting about Tony and, and the players because you know, there's these guys are obviously have as much money as you could ever imagine. But oh, yeah. but really, you know, it's about a, what are you choosing to do in your spare time? And many, I think, like LeBron obviously goes to France every year or Italy and does a big wine trip with these guys like like Wade. But like it's like these guys are choosing to experience wine and enjoy wine absolutely absolutely and you know what it is it's it's there's a culture
0: around it yeah right so often uh, it's uh you're in a circle of influence. And when that circle of influence is pointing you in the right direction, then it can be super helpful. And I think that in the NBA, we've seen that there's a great circle of influence around wine culture that has started with with older players. And it's it's almost amplifying as it trickles down to more mm-hmm. and more younger players.
1: It's so interesting. I've had uh, lots of wine folks on the show. Jancis Robinson, Alice Firing, Talia Baioki, Andre Mack, John Bonnet. I got them all of this question. I want to ask you, like, what is up with natural wine? I feel com- confused the more I read and, you know, I'm just always like, what is going on with natural wine? You know, I think it's it's
0: so it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because natural wine can and it's wild that sometimes natural wine can be a bit of a a touch point. It, yeah. it might be a hot button issue sometimes. <laughs> totally, you know, totally. It's like a, people used to feel that it was a love it or hate it thing. But, you know, there have always been so many different uh, winemaking practices that have involved it. I think that marketing, as always, kind of jumps in and screws some stuff up. Then you get people behind it that, um, you know, you're kind of made to feel that you're not doing the right thing if you're not drinking. Mm -hmm. You know, so... I think that sometimes people can let their personal opinions and judgments go on to certain things. My thing is just drink what you like. Indeed. You know, that's how I say it. You know, don't think about uh,
1: uh, energy that might come with something. Don't Mm -hmm. think you're better than someone because you're drinking this or just drink what you like. Do you have any favorite natural wine producers or bottles or anything that comes to mind when I say the word natural wine that we got to seek out? Uh... Not necessarily.
0: Yeah. Now I, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it real with you, man. I'm more of a I'm more of an old world type of guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's where I came in. You know, I came in through the wine auction world, drinking old world wines. Yeah. So <clears> that was where my love really popped off. Um, I am someone that's incredibly
1: open to. Everything, you know, yeah. I drink everything, but um, yeah, I, I'm more of an old world guy. like grower champagnes, and like you're talking about burgundies, oh, yeah, oh. those kind of guys grower champagne, like I love like a uh, Savart. Yep. I love Savar Champagne,
0: mm-hmm. you know, um, and of course the Burgundies, my my peoples out there. Shout out to my dog Jeremy Sace, yeah. the, whole, the the entire gang out there, Dominic Lafine, all my peoples. Yeah. And you know, I my my other aka that I haven't debuted very much. Um, I debuted it out there, but the lost son of Burgundy, man. <laughs> you know, I feel like I really am the lost son of Burgundy. My favorite um varietals uh thrive there, <laughs> Pinot yeah. and Chardonnay. And also the mentality there is just as complex as the wine, they're very simple farmers, but enjoy nice things, and also are not hung up by them. I you love know, it. Just more so of an appreciation. So uh, uh, the mindset and culture of the people and the wine style fit me perfect, and I love Escargos. Well.
1: Oh, definitely the, the <laughs> culinary side. You can't imagine. <laughs> exactly. What about Châteauneuf du Pape? Do you ever do you ever drink any like those old Grenaches? Oh, of course, of yeah. course. You know, and, and it's again one of those things where.
0: Like that was that was my that was my upbringing. Yeah, you know. So this is I always say I had a, a backwards wine education because you know where many times people start out drinking, you know, a whole bunch of just um, widely mass produced uh, cabs or whatever. I started out drinking like a lot of fine wine. That was how I was introduced yeah. to it. Yeah. So sometimes you know someone goes out and buys a bottle of two buck chuck and then they say like oh okay well I don't like Chardonnay, you know, and that's not the most accurate. Unf-
1: unfair to the grape. Right. Let's, let's so, give her respect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So
0: so I was um very fortunate to um to start out drinking really well and come into it from a great perspective and and open my mind
1: up from there. So Jermaine, we get we get invited as writers and and, and food people and wine people on these trips, like junkets they call it oh, yeah. sometimes now. Or, or just like we get sent by our publications. But let me ask you: you gotta have some wild stories about traveling for wine. Take me oh, and our yeah. listeners to a place where you were there, where it happened. Mm, I, I got some stories I can tell you. Some off air, some yeah, on <laughs> totally, man. <laughs> but, uh,
0: but, um, no, let's see. Uh, wildest trip? Interestingly enough, I'd say it had to be um, recently. You know, I did a, I did an event out at a uh, Clos de Rougeau, and we had, I mean, call it, you know, most big Burgundian winemakers that you would want. You'd see Jean-Marc Rouleau under the DJ booth pouring his wine, right? But the event uh, that we were there for, it just in itself was insane. You know, Claude de Vougeot. 900 year old castle built by monks. Yeah. They've never played rap music there, you know. So uh, it was a 500 person event. We actually ended up getting up to 510 people, Very sold cool. out in 24 hours. That's nice. We had break dancers. Locally from Burgundy, from yeah. the from the Burgundy, uh, the hip hop dance school of Burgundy, yeah. they came through. We had so they were break dancers. Mike D from the Beastie Boys DJed. Oh uh, wow! Jals, cool. Oh yeah, yeah, Giles Peterson came up from London. He DJed, and then I also brought my DJ from the U.S. Yeah. And then randomly, I'm not sure if you're familiar with French hip hop, but MC Solar.
1: Of but course, with, I know MC Solar. MC Solar came to
0: the event. And not just showed up at the event, had such a great time. He came up to the booth and asked, "Like, yo, can I spit a freestyle?" That's amazing. And then me and MC Solar started rocking the the, the DJ booth, so it oh. was a lot of fun. And by the end of the night, for me, the highlight was to perform a Beastie Boys song with Mike D. Stop. With which the one? T- um, no sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah, of course.
1: it's a good one. It, it, <laughs> it's easy to remember, and like you, you know, you can you hold up your part. And you get you that 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 call
0: and response thing from the crowd was it? A- and then also when uh, when MC Solar went up and rocked, I was also we did some fun stuff, some old-school hip-hop. Hit him with that, hola, hola, yeah. hey, Like, get the crowd. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, it was the best party I've ever been to in my
1: life. I need to watch this episode. And I remember MC Solar had a great guest on, a, on Jazzmatazz with Guru. Yeah, And that man. guy, I remember back when that came out, I was like, this French guy is good. <laughs> yeah, no, he—, he he is and such a
0: nice guy, and genuinely enjoys wine. Which is, yeah. he came there for fun, you know. He didn't come to perform. It was so that was um that was a special moment. But I have some pretty crazy trips.
1: Yeah, here. no, it sounds like you're living a good life. Let me ask you, just in general, like how can we be better wine drinkers? Mm. Um, walk into it with no preconceived notions, really.
0: You know, the the thing about wine is, you know, they call it a wine tasting for reasons. Yeah, you know, yeah. You learn about wine by trying different things jumping outside of the box as wine drinkers. We understand how um, vastly different regional styles of the same varietal can be, but also just um, wine making styles can also be so the key is to um, never go into anything, and I mean, honestly, you should never judge a book by its cover, Definitely but not. people always do, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, I think that the, the key to um, growing as a wine drinker is just constantly, constantly trying new things uh, and pushing your palate. That's really the only way it'll, it'll develop. Yeah. When I started yeah. out drinking wine, like many other people, I started out drinking the sweet stuff, but um, as I continued to drink, your palate kind of gets a little tired of it, and you want something new. I moved on from uh, from Moscato to Riesling to Shiraz, yeah, you know. And then that after I got into Shiraz was really when I was like, oh wow, this. The things kind of opened up because prior to, to starting out, I didn't have the uh, context uh, in my palate to really develop a good opinion. So after getting that context from tasting and tasting, mm-hmm. you start to want more.
1: That's a, that's a good point, and I love that you you talk about starting sweet because it's truly how everyone starts. Of course, like let's not be let's, like you're not drinking you know a, a, an ultra dry riesling on your first hit. You're, you're you're drinking something a little sweeter because we as Americans as drinkers we love sweet things.
0: Yeah, I, I mean totally. You know you you think about they call think about um, when you have a wine that's a lot more fruity and opulent Mm -hmm. Um, we call that approachable right right? so why is it approachable because it's easy to understand if I was putting an album out I'm not gonna put this deep deep contextual song out first i'm gonna put a catchy hit single yeah. that'll grab people and bring them in so that they listen to the entire album and have the context to enjoy that deeper song so um people can't hate on sweet wine man no. and look every time and a place for everything i still listen to young mc from time to time Respect, <laughs> you know but I, I like my jay-z albums too yeah definitely
1: you have favorite Kanye album? Mm. Favorite Kanye album. I've been talking out. about this off mic with some people, so I just wanted to get your take on I'm, I'm gonna say
0: I gotta go with I like the old Kanye. Yeah. You. So I got I have to go with college dropout. That was just a moment in my life. It's definitely true. You know, I bought that album. Not just for myself, but then it was so good. I bought it for like four other friends yep. just to say you have to
1: hear this. Yeah, it was a big moment, and I also agree. I like the old Kanye. I'll just <laughs> say I like yeah. Yeezus for the record. Yeah, That's yeah. My God. No,
0: Yeezus is a dope one. Too. I, one. I, in, interestingly enough, I was um I recently got back into that. I was listening to like Blood on the Leaves. So good. There, there's a lot. There's a lot
1: of he's yeah. he's a
0: genius, man.
1: He he, genius. he is. You know that was a moment, and, and with Daft Punk, that album I thought was was probably his best work. Pablo's probably number two for me, but the early work is good. Definitely. You. just were in houston you were at an event hosting an event with B. we were talking about him oh yeah yeah (laughs) mike what let me ask you about just opening bottles with rappers because this is your lane oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) jermaine you know it's it's so fun
0: opening bottles with rappers because um one you can see that there's been a a budding curiosity for a while but maybe they haven't felt as comfortable and had things explained to them in the way that i'm explaining it to them uh, it's something when you speak the same language as someone, you know, with, um, with any form of education, you have to meet people where they are. So if we relate on a certain level, I know exactly where I need to meet you to bring you along to where I'd like you to, to meet me, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, it's, it's really, I was drinking with, um, Dave East. Yeah. Uh, and we had a bottle of 95 Krug mm. and, the first thing that he said was like, hmm, this tastes like Chris. And then, you know, as we know, like, Chris is aged uh, before it's even released. So every time you're drinking a bottle of Chris you're drinking older Chris mm-hmm. And the fact that he was able to pick up on the complexities that you would get with aging and say, "Hey, this is similar to what I've tasted before." Now I can open that up and say, "Well, this is why you're mm-hmm. tasting it this way." Mm-hmm. Now he has an understanding of what complexity is and what happens to wine mm-hmm. uh, as it's aged, which is something that, like, people tell you, "Oh, the older the wine, the better," which is, as we know, not always the Definitely case. Definitely
1: not, the case. <laughs> especially if it's turned. You know, if it's like not good, if it's like a bad bottle, obviously it, it, you kind of lost. Exactly, you waited too long. Yeah. Or or it's, it, maybe it's off vintage. Maybe, there's yeah, so true.
0: many different, maybe it wasn't kept well. Yep. You know, there's so many different things. But um, to be, and and I think that complexity is definitely one of those things that can always be a little difficult to mm-hmm. explain to someone that's, you know, not a seasoned wine drinker. But, you know, as I, I got some good friends that always say, I can show you better than I can tell you. Mm-hmm. So I love that line. It's been fun to, um, nice. to uh, see people's
1: uh, opinions on it. Changing. What about good wine in the studio? Oh man! Because you you think of like the studio is like a real like that's an important moment to have a, a su- like various sundries including the best drink possible because that's when the shit's going down. Oh, what about who has, who has the best wine in the studio?
0: You know, uh, a lot of times I bring the good wine. To of the studio, course, interestingly enough, but for me, it's it's also fun hanging out with like lower underground rappers that are really still mm-hmm. in the streets doing battles. And um, drinking wine with them. We talked about Savar earlier. Yeah. I was um, in the studio with a friend of mine, shout out to my man, Oom um P. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy's like an active battle rapper right yeah. now. And um, we were drinking uh, some Savar. It was um, one of their Grand Cru mm-hmm. uh, wines. And I was showing him like, okay, Grand Cru grapes means it's like the best ones. This dude went in the studio. He pardon me, he went in the booth. And the <laughs> next line that he said, I don't remember what he said first, but then he was like, now it's Grand Cru grapes when we drink champagne. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so those are the sorts of things that I enjoy doing. And, and, you know, I know that the same way I was inspired by Biggie saying that's cargo" and all that stuff, there's gonna be another younger Germaine out there somewhere wanting to taste Grand Cru champagne. Oh,
1: sure, and, so, and having a little bit of a taste. Exactly. You know? And that that's really what I do it for with the best place to drink wine in New York. Where, where are you going?
0: Mm. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I know. T-
1: I don't want none of my friends
0: to hate me. Um, but I will say there's lots of great places, but I do spend a lot of time at um, Parcell Wine Bar. Yeah. Hanging out there. Shout out to my man Grant, uh, my man Terrence. The, the best day.
1: fits, too, in Parcell, obviously. Like the best fits. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Real
0: downtown scene. Vibe is so cool. The music is cool. Um, and and
1: the team there is cool, but the the selection's amazing. They know where to get the good stuff. Yeah, Parcel's great. I like that choice. What about Los Angeles? Do you have a spot in LA? Mm, Are you LA. an LA guy? I'm not sure if you want. nah, no. Nah, I'm,
0: I'm in LA a lot, actually. <laughs> um so the Westside Winos, I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. No, I don't guys. know that. They, they're really cool dudes. They, and they're actually into natural wine a lot. They have this place, um, Offhand Wine Bar. Mm-hmm. It's a new spot for them that's really, really cool. Um, I, of course, also still go back to Wally's in Beverly Hills from time to time. I, the last time it's, I was Wally's there. is,
1: is really, really tight. Oh, I yeah. like that place. Yeah.
0: You know what you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're going to find what you want there. But, um, I, when I just got, uh, just got back from LA, like, last week, mm-hmm. and, uh, I had some time in Wally's. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> On This Is Taste, we ask guests about the discerning taste. So, to close this interview, here's a little rapid fire, fast and furious taste check. Are you ready? Ready for it. Let's go. All right. The best breakfast food. Mm, bacon, egg, and cheese.
0: The best wine with breakfast? Mm, champagne. If I'm drinking bacon, egg, and cheese, I'm going to do champagne. It's, and I have champagne for breakfast quite a lot. Though.
1: I mean, listen, it's it's definitely on brand, and why not? Oh, yeah. The best dessert? Best dessert? Mm, I like uh,
0: apple pie, yeah. I'm a, but I, it got to be like real apple pie. Personally, I make amazing apple pie from scratch, mm. all of it. But yes, apple pie.
1: The best wine with dessert?
0: Mmm, best wine with dessert. I'm going to go with port. I like port and dessert. Um, So I did some port and Easter bun. Mm, <laughs> As mm, a Jamaican, mm. you get the, they got the little, it's like yeah. a cinnamon bun thing. You got kind of all spice all up in there. It sounds nice. Oh yeah, go, it goes amazing with port. I love that.
1: Your favorite American fast food chain? Oh
0: man, all right y'all, don't judge me.
1: Nah. McDonald's, man,
0: I do. Those fries still get me. It's but number it's, one for me, man. It's weird, sometimes like, you tell somebody you eat McDonald's, or you show up with a McDonald's bag. They're like, "Uh, listen, don't hate, man. No, it's shade. okay. It's you, okay. If
1: you, if you roll them with a BK bag, yes, yeah, that's yeah. a little hate. <laughs> yeah, like you went to BK, like no, 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 no. But are you are you one to pair wines with with fast food with with McDonald's?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I pair wine with yeah. pretty much any everything that I eat. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, before street som. I had another show where I was pairing food and wines called Tasting Notes from the Streets. Oh, right, right, right. And an cool. episode that has never come out. I was actually pairing, um, what was I pairing with McDonald's French fries? Actually, it was champagne. Yeah. I was doing, and, and that was more so because I wanted to show people an idea of what a quintessential pairing was. And so, um, but yes, I did McDonald's. The episode has never come out. So, so you know, y'all don't go looking for. Wait, it. when's it coming out? It, it, it's uh, it's, well, it's that, shelved. Yeah, that that's shelved. We we on the street side now. You know, we've we've elevated. Yeah,
1: you're going to a different <laughs> different brand now. Now I'm going to Trill Burgers and, and doing pairing. God, I know? love Trill Burger. I'm glad you went there. Oh, that that place is great. And again, it's that it's, episode was really cool. So actually, yeah,
0: we uh, did a wine pairing in the studio with Bun B. Mm-hmm. So I actually got to chill in the studio with him to do our pairing. Uh, we did like a fried lobster. But then, uh, and you guys should really go check out this, uh, the Houston episode. I actually yeah. brought back my old rap roots and I rapped in the oh. episode and destroyed it. Destroyed Wait, you it. you
1: you absolutely under pressure, you, you threw some bars down. I, oh, you, I
0: always got bars. You always when, bars. When you stay ready, you don't got to get ready, you know? <laughs> I always got bars.
1: Yo, did you did you, uh, did you share the stage with anybody during your rapping days? Oh, like man. anybody, anybody of note?
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's see. Um, all right, there's this group. Shout out to my man King Kirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sporty Thieves. Yeah, Sporty Thieves. I don't know if you remember them. They had this song called No Pigeons. It was a parody. Of course, from... I
1: remember that. So I'm like, that's the parody.
0: Oh, thing. yep, yep. So I'm really. I've been um, friends with uh, those guys since I was 15 years yeah. old, and I was almost. We were working on an album together. Interestingly enough, so it was three guys. Um, and one of them passed away and one of them, and that was after like those hits came out. I'd still been connected with them and we were still recording. So there was a point I was going they had, we were working on an album called Sporty Thieves and the Crooks. I was one of
1: the You were one the of crooks. the Crooks in there. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, having a little bit of a foot in wine, a foot in hip hop. Oh
0: yeah. And the, and the way that we met was interesting. I showed up to an audition for a record label. I didn't, and at the time you remember, this was like 98 they didn't have videos everywhere. I didn't even know what they looked like, but I listened to their music a lot, so I, I knew the voices. I walk into this studio for this audition, and it's a bunch of guys with, like, bubble coats on and hoods. And, mm. you know, I, I just saw the coats. I'm like, okay, these guys are from Westchester County. I could <laughs> tell they're from New Rochelle or yep. Mount Vernon, whatever. Yep, yep. And um, so I went in the booth, and I was just rapping for, like, 10 minutes. Hmm. And it was me and another guy, And I got out of the booth, they was like, yo, which... And my rap name was Showtime at the Mm -hmm. time. They're like, which one of y'all is Showtime? And I was 15. They're like, me. So they're like, yo, what's like that? I'm like, all right. And then they say, well, check this out. And then they started rapping. That's cool. And that's how I realized who it was. So for me, as a 15-year-old kid, I'm in the studio with some of my heroes. I didn't even know it. And they were so inspired and hyped off what I was spitting in the booth. It just turned into a cypher. Like, imagine going to American Idol singing for J-Lo, and now she's like, "Hey, let's just do a duet really quick." Amazing. That was yeah. what happened to me. Yo, so, that. Yeah,
1: And you, you didn't, you were cool
0: under pressure. Oh, man. That the thing is when you're doing what you love, yeah. it's just you just fall right into it.
1: I love this. I want to I want to I want to continue this conversation. <laughs> so I have a few more questions. Do you have like a bottle, like a grail bottle that like mm. you really are seeking after? You know what? Let's see. Grail bottle, man. Um
0: it's funny. I try not to have specifics but i would say i do not drink enough drc yeah yeah and it's always the thing and and look coming up in auction you would think it's it's around nah it wasn't like that man you get a sip here and there i want my own personal bottle everything mm-hmm. people see me post i actually drink mm-hmm. you haven't seen me post any of that hasn't happened.
1: yeah it hasn't happened there's no fake there's no fake bottles exactly you aren't just going to the auctions and post <laughs> exactly. you're drinking what you're posting exactly last question we always end it favorite sandwich mm, favorite sandwich grilled cheese yeah yeah grilled cheese with extra butter indeed both yeah. sides
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Stone this has been such a pleasure thank you for joining this nah, pleasure all my man thank you so much